Welcome to Moms Out Loud Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to episode number six. Yep. So we are together in the flesh. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird to look at each other. Right. And (laughs) talk into the mics. It's been pretty cool to be down in Jacksonville again and hanging with all my North Carolina people. So, yeah. It's good to see your face. I'm just staring into our eyes right now. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out if I should look into her face or away from it. I feel weird. It's supposed to be awkward. But it's Uh, fun. It's fun. Yeah, it is. So we didn't really know what to do with our intro because we're not catching up since we've been hanging out. Yeah. So I just want to hear more about what Rachel did today because she's awesome and been doing really cool things. (laughs) Um. So today I had my third boudoir shoot of my trip. I got to shoot an old friend who I've done a few sessions for in the past already. And it was just so much fun because I've seen her pregnant when I did her photos. I've seen her after and I did her newborn photos. And now a year and a half after I'm doing her boudoir and she looks awesome. She definitely worked hard and just wants to feel good about herself, you know? So it's been pretty cool to be able to do that for people. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. One day, we'll do me. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'll shadow because uh, I'm looking forward to getting more into photography. And maybe I'll shadow you one day if you let me. So, that'll be fun. (laughs) Well, so, I don't know why, but I get so nervous when people watch me shoot. Like, even Luke, if he's at a session with me because... For some reason, he happens to be there. I'm like, go stand somewhere else and don't listen. (laughs) Because I get nervous of people hearing me direct. I feel like I just get to my flow and I'm good. But I feel like if someone's observing me, I'm going to be like, eh, 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 you know. What about a video? Like, what if someone, I don't know, someone would have to be there? (laughs) I think I could get okay with it, get into my groove, you know. But specifically for boudoir, because it is like a very intimate thing. Right. That's what's a little bit tricky. So the person would have to be super like, I don't care who sees me, you know? Right, right. Um, And I know there's some people like that, but generally people are really nervous Mm -hmm. at first, and then I kind of help them blossom as we go. Right, Um, But that's like my favorite part (laughs) to get to see someone just kind of like start feeling themselves and feel confident and happy and know that they look good, even though they're not seeing themselves, to be able to be like, I feel good. I know I'm looking good. And I give a ton of encouragement the whole time. Yeah. That's so, good. which is fun because I'm never saying stuff that I'm not meaning. So if I'm like, that looks perfect. You look amazing. This looks great. I'm saying that because it is all true, you know? Right. So it's yeah. fun to kind of see people brighten up at being like, oh, yeah. this is okay. I'm not weird and awkward in front of the camera. And this isn't actually as scary as I thought it would be to be scantily clad around someone. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm thankful to be able to make people feel comfortable right? like that with me. So Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Which just reminds me, like, everyone calls me the boob lady. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they're just boobs, you know? And I see a bunch of people's boobs and it's okay. And I've just become comfortable with that. And yep, I don't know. So that's cool that we both I'm have professions where we see boobs. <laughs> It was so funny because some people have different comfort levels, but uh, my client today, she is definitely a lot more comfortable than some others. And so she, when she was changing, she just, I don't know if I should say this, but she just flashed me to get it over with to be like comfortable, be like, okay, you saw him. So it's fine. You know? (laughs) So um, I thought that was kind of funny because most people are like, 
acting like they're in a gym locker room. They're like, ooh, right. you don't look at me. What should I'm I do? Scared. Yeah. Mm. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, so how do you want me to be? Do you want me to take off my... My, co- I- my coat now, and I have, like, five layers. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, what I try and do is people only wear what they're comfortable with. But I right. generally try and start with what I call the cozy, cute outfit. So whether that be a full sweater and, like, a peony or sometimes even just, like, a cardigan and, a like, a bodysuit is what we started in today. And um, so it was very, you know, covered considering it was, like, a lot of leg. But, right, right. you know... It makes her start to get comfortable with how I direct, just like being in that intimate position with me, positioning her and being all up in her face and stuff and kind of seeing how I guide the session. Right. And then when she's like, okay, cool, then we can move into the scarier stuff, depending on what each person wants. Some people's comfort level is a teddy and that's fine. You know, some people's comfort level is, you know, way further than that. And it's very, it's a very personal thing and it's kind of cool to get all those experiences with those people. Yeah. I guess that sounds weird, but it's really neat. It's just kind of yeah. nifty. Yeah. <laughs> nifty. nifty. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's exciting. Yeah. I like- oh, and it makes me excited to hear it too, though, for me practicing with a camera and for the first time. And I'm just like, hang on to every word that you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just kind of cool. Cause you can see how I've been doing it for years now and I still love it, you know, yeah. and it's still, it's, su- it's such a passion of mine that it actually gives me life to do mm-hmm. it, which is weird to say because I still get nervous every time I shoot. I like put on my valor and I'm like, you're going to be fine and yeah. you're going to be a rock star. You got yeah. it. You know what you're doing. Right. Valor is an oil, by the way. Yeah, Anyone Valor is an essential know? oil. <laughs> I put on my Valor. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I should have specified. But then as soon as I get into my groove, I'm like on it. And my session yeah. yesterday was one of my friends and she was a little bit nervous, which she made me aware of. But it was kind of cool to really see her, like her eyes light up when she was like, oh, wait. I look good and I feel good, which was awesome. Plus, she started making jokes at me because I get really into it and I do weird stuff. I always say I need someone photographing me photographing someone because I was literally in this hotel room, like on top of this desk, on top of that nightstand, (laughs) on top of the bed, moving things around on a chair and just like shooting down and just running around the whole time and laughing and making jokes. And she's like, it's so cool to see you in your element. And I was like... That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That makes me feel nice. Yeah. Because it's cool, too, that they can see that I'm enjoying it and that helps them enjoy it and uh, that they don't think I'm just, like, weird and scary and they're like, what am I doing? You right, know? right. So. Awesome. So what is this episode today going to be about? Um, so today's episode is going to be about our birth stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we kind of went back and forth on this episode simply because I feel like I could tell the longest version of my birth story ever (laughs) if I wanted to. But I also think that not every little detail is necessary for this. Right. Especially since I plan on writing a blog post. Yeah. More in detail. So. Well, and the other reason we went back and forth was because we both have good birth stories, like birth stories we enjoyed. And so we didn't know if that would be... Like a bummer. Yeah, a bummer for everybody to hear or something that you guys all wanted to hear. But we figured we'd share anyway. And if you guys don't want to listen... Then you don't have to. Turn it off. Turn it off. (laughs) Just turn it off. (laughs) Stop listening. Well, that's the thing is I feel very blessed 
to have had the birth that I had, even though it wasn't necessarily the original plan. And I've also had people tell me their birth stories that were very hard and upsetting, even for me to hear and not having experienced them. And so it's definitely one of those things where it's like, we're not telling our birth stories to make you feel upset that yours weren't like that. Right. But more so to bring attention to the fact that yours can be like that. Yeah. So hopefully we're able to... Yeah, we both did research before we we gave birth. And yeah, like you said, it doesn't always ideally happen the way that you want it to happen. Yeah. But as women, we just need to know that we have choices on things that sometimes doctors make it seem like we don't have a choice. And we really do. So it's just good to be educated. Yes. About things and And, be aware. And that way you're able to be your own advocate during that day or inform someone who's going to be with you so that they're able to be your advocate. If you're unsure that you'll be able to be your own advocate, Simply because not everyone is comfortable during labor speaking up for themselves because you're like a little busy. So So I want to just kind of go into my birth story a little bit. Roland's just about to be a year old. So this is still fairly fresh and I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet because I feel like I could, like I said before, I feel like I could go on and on about every little detail and uh, that's not necessarily interesting to everybody. (laughs) But basically... I planned on having a home birth after doing a lot and a lot of research. Initially, I grew up thinking, I'm going to have a hospital birth. Everybody has a hospital birth. I've seen it in all the shows, the movies. That's what people do. Other stuff is weird. Right. Now, I have been raised a little bit more on the weirder natural side of stuff. So I wasn't totally closed off to other options. So as I've gotten older and then I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, maybe... I'll do a birthing center. And I was like, that's kind of cool because you can still have it be somewhat like a hospital, but also it's the natural way that I had wanted it to be. They did not have one close to where I was. It was two hours away. I believe two hours away. And they would only accept you for your birth if you came there for all your prenatal care. So I'd be driving four hours Mm. my entire pregnancy to be seen. So I was just like, okay, well, that's just not a thing. And so I started going out. Sorry. I started going to um, the Naval Hospital near where I was living at the time because it is free to me. Um, So that made the most sense just to be seen there and have my prenatal care there. Anyways, went there, knew I didn't want to stay there forever, thought I had no other choice. So did more and more research, decided on home birth. A lot of people didn't like that, did not care. Because I, I researched that and I knew that was best for me in my situation. And Luke was totally on board. So if I could get Luke on board, who is like not super natural with everything like I am. He's pretty natural now that he's been with me. But initially he would have been like, that's different, <laughs> you yeah. know. But for him to be fully on board, I was like, cool. If he has my back, I could care less what the world thinks. So we very late in my pregnancy switched to a home birth midwife. Um, So I was still able to have like ultrasounds and all that at the hospital. But after just seeing a different midwife every single time, I was like, peace out. This just isn't cool. It's not personal. I have like the same conversation with a different person each time. And I just didn't feel like it was the vibe, like the birth experience. I didn't feel like I'd get it from them Mm -hmm. because there wasn't ever going to be any sort of personal relationship. So I switched to, like I said, I switched to my home birth midwife. 
and I interviewed two different ones. I found her. She's exactly what I pictured, which is an old hippie lady who doesn't <laughs> wear bras, and that is just what I wanted, and I found her, and I'm so thankful I did because she changed my whole birth experience for me. The day of my birth, I woke up at 6 a.m., and I felt some water or some liquid and I was like hmm, that's weird maybe I have to go to the bathroom so I went to the bathroom and I was like hmm, that's weird I'm not peeing but something is still happening so my water had broken so I called my midwife and I was like hey I think my water's broken but I'm not feeling anything what should I do and she was like just throw on a pad and I'll send um, Jerrica over which is one of my doulas and we'll check you out so I was like okay cool so Jerrica comes over she checks me out. She's like, your water's definitely broken. You're having contractions. But I didn't really realize what they were because I had been having contractions for a while. But I was like, hey, I think I'm having contractions. And they said, well, if it's a real contraction, on both sides of your stomach, the water pockets will harden. Mm. And I didn't feel like that was happening. Mm. So I was having contractions and thinking they were Braxton Hicks. Anyways, so... <laughs> I'm in labor, I suppose, or early labor, and we're hanging out, having a good time. I'm, like, so excited. Luke and I are prepping the house, and I'm like, the baby is here today. That is so exciting. And Jericho checks my waters again, and she's like, it looks like your fluid's a little bit dark. Mm. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she said it could mean potentially that there is <clears throat> colostrum. Well, that's not the right word. <laughs> Colostrum. What's the meconium? Meconium. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that means there's potentially meconium in your fluid, which could be bad for your baby. So she talked it over with Olivia, my midwife, and they decided that I should transfer. Hmm. And I was like, okay, but if we go and they say it's fine, can I leave? Right. Because I don't want to be there. Right. I want to have a birth in my house, like I planned. I have the candles, I have the birth pool, I have the playlist, I have the oils, like I'm ready. And they're like, well, we'll talk about that when the time comes, aka that's not an option, but I, they knew I didn't want to hear that. So we pack up, we make breakfast, we get on the road and I am bummed because it's not what I wanted. So I take like five minutes in the car to just be bummed and like cry about it and pout and be like, this isn't, you're not getting what you wanted and you're allowed to be upset about that. And then after that, I was like, cool, you were upset about it. You're over it. You're going to go have a baby and it's going to be awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. So we get to the hospital, check in, all that. There was some disdain between the hospital staff and my staff that I brought along with me because Mm -hmm. I have two doulas and a midwife and I paid them to be with me and they were not leaving me. So yeah, you paid them all that money and they're (laughs) going to stay with you. Yeah. I paid them to be at my birth. (laughs) They're going to be at my birth. So I'm not going to get into that too much just because it's just not worth it, but everything was pretty pleasant. I mean, I was able to labor as close to as what I would have wanted it to be at home, I had at the hospital. Hmm. So my labor was pretty fast, I suppose. I was chilling and laughing, but not progressing that fast. So they made me walk. As soon as I walked, I started progressing very fast. Hmm. Um, and so it came on hard and fast. And then they 
come in and they're like, hey, you're at a five. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a five. I am going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, there is actually no way that I can do this for who knows how much longer. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I had said, I want to do this totally natural. And they were like, uh, sure, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> we'll see. And at that point, I'm like, cool. I don't want to do it naturally anymore. I want the medicine. You're going to go get it right now. (laughs) We're not going to dawdle. We're just going to go. We're not going to talk about it anymore. We're going to go and we're going to get it. We're going to bring it back and I'm going to have it. And, uh, we've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) So they're like, cool. Well, we have to do fluids first and, uh, then you can have it when it's all gone. And I'm like, okay, well, where are they? Where's the fluids? Let's do it. (laughs) So they give me the fluids and I'm laboring and, you know, dying or whatever, not dying, but, well, laboring close <laughs> and also I need I should mention this I had my two, two doulas and Luke at the time I didn't have my midwife there just yet because she was at a different birth because mm. I gave birth on my exact due date and they were not expecting that mm. so it was just my doulas doing their best to help me and Luke but they just they thought that helping me be in my head and like deal with it would help that was the worst thing for me I know now for next time but when my midwife did get there she was able to pull me out of my head and help me concentrate on her and breathe and all that stuff. And that was amazing. So mm. I'll definitely look for someone who has a strength in that the next time. Anyways, so they come in. They're checking me. And they come in with the medicine finally. And they're like, okay, well, you're at a nine. And I'm like, well, get the heck out then. I don't need medicine. I did it all. Right. And they're like, well, we can do a really quick one. And I'm like, please leave. Yeah. Well, I probably didn't say please leave. But I got them to leave. Screamed at them. Yeah, right. I probably just growled at them. Um, and then the midwife's there helping me through and I'm starting to push Roland out and my mom walks in just in time to see her grandbaby be born, which is really cool. And he's born and his whole head and body came out all together and it was so fast. Yikes. I think it was like eight minutes of pushing and he was here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. And I will say the coolest part of the whole experience for me was we waited to find out his gender. Mm. So my one like big request to the doctor was, hey, when the baby is born, please don't tell us what the baby is. We want to see ourselves. And so I gave birth to Roland. He was out. Everybody was like checking on him. And I finally am able to look and I'm like, it's a boy. And I thought at this point, everybody had already seen and I'm just finally able to see it. And so I'm like, it's a boy. And nobody had seen. I got to announce his gender to everybody and That's I would neat. say that is like my favorite moment of my entire life was getting to be the first person to see his gender and announce it to everybody. Yeah. Coolest moment awesome. by far. I know That's that really sounds cool. so weird, but it makes me want to cry like just the yeah. coolest. So he was a boy and then we start getting into the postpartum care and this is when things got a little bit weird because mm-hmm. I had very specific things that I did and did not want done. And I had a birth plan printed out with me and everybody was aware of it. But in all that chaos, it got a little crazy. So they gave me Pitocin after right away without asking through my Heplock. So I wasn't even aware of it until way later and Luke told me. And also, I birthed the placenta. It was good. It was intact and everything. But the doctor was like, okay, now we want to perform a sweep. And I said, Mm. no, you will not perform a sweep. Why do you have to do that? Is that something you have to do? And he's like, well, we don't have to do it. We just like to. And I'm like, cool. Well, I just had a baby come out. So nothing is going in. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was super funny because he was a first year doctor. And so he was so sweet, but very like easily frazzled. And there mm. were so many people in the room because Nick was in the room because of the um, meconium. Mm-hmm. All my, my birth team, their birth team. So it was just intense. And uh, he goes to like start um, doing my sutures. And as soon as he goes in, my midwife is on him and she's like, no sweep! Because she thought he was going to like sweep without my permission. Mm. So she like lost it on him and he's like, <gasps> like jumps back and he's like, oh, I was just going to go do the, oh, no. <laughs> the sutures, <laughs> you know? So An poor, experience you'll never forget. Right? So poor guy is just like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And so... It was cool because she had my back, but I felt bad because these are just, like, a bunch of intense, like, overly strong women being, like, (laughs) and this poor little new doctor's like, please don't yell at me. (laughs) But, yeah, that's that's pretty much my birth experience. I had a very nice hospital stay. I was very fortunate. Mm -hmm. The, (laughs) The night nurse that I had was totally cool with me, like, co sleeping with Roland. She was like, just do whatever you want. The hospital doesn't let you, but I don't care because I do it. (laughs) And uh, so I was very lucky with that. Like every nurse was really cool. Every doctor was really cool. And just a few little things that I would have done differently if I would have had the control at my house. Right. But as far as being in hospital, I'm very thankful for how it went. Yeah. Like what though? Can you point out a couple other things that you would have done different? Yeah. um, So this is kind of weird. But one of the things we wanted to do that we weren't allowed to do at the hospital is Luke wanted to catch the baby. Mm, So that's something we were really looking forward to. Luke really wanted to be part of it like that. And so, like, if I planned to possibly labor in the birth pool, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know if I'd give birth in it or not. But he would have just possibly been in it or on the edge of it and caught the baby. And they were like, you can't do that. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I think he could have, but whatever. right. (laughs) Um... Oh, I didn't, I didn't mention this, but I gave birth on my side. Okay. Um, and I think that's important to mention because there's lots of different positions that oh, women yeah. should try in labor. And that's the one that ended up working for me. Yeah. I mean, someone had to hold my leg up the whole time, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. The initial triage nurse uh, very much treated me not like a person. Mm. And by that, I mean, when she wanted my legs open, she would open them. Mm. When she wanted, when it was time for the doctor to come in and give an exam, she just opened my legs for me and put a light in there, like put a light down over top of my vagina before the doctor was even ready. So I'm just sitting there spread open with a light on me. And I just felt uncomfortable because I'm like, cool, you might not care about my modesty, but I do. And I know he's about to see that and I, that's okay, but I don't need to sit here open. Yeah. Like a vulnerable little baby with no say before it's necessary. So I get that's her job. So she might be desensitized to it. Right. But at my home, my midwives and my doulas were always very, very, very adamant about asking permission to touch me and letting me know every time they were touching me and why and things like that. So obviously during labor, it would have been a little bit different, but probably not. They probably Probably would have always been telling me and explaining and making sure I'm comfortable and aware of everything. And I definitely feel like because it's such a way, it's like they have a way of doing it, which is fine. I get that. But actually, no, it's not fine. Yeah. There's better ways to do something. There's better ways to do something. Just because you've always done it that way and that's how it's done doesn't mean it's right. Always. 
So that's just the main thing that stuck out to me that was kind of a bummer. The second thing is I had to have constant fetal monitoring, Mm. um, which I would have had intermittent fetal fetal monitoring if I was at my home with a Doppler versus having the band connected to my stomach the whole time. Right. So at one point when I wanted to labor on my hands and knees... The, it would mess up the fetal monitor a little mm-hmm. bit, and the nurse would constantly be touching me and rearranging it. And I'd be like, if you do not stop touching me. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have Just an issue. Just all those little interruptions. And yeah. uh, so that was not allowing me to concentrate on what I was trying to do. And so that was frustrating. So those yeah. are just like really, really small things, but those would never happen at a they home birth. They had it. They had it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like I said, considering it was a hospital birth, It's to be expected that it wouldn't be exactly how it'd be if I was in charge of the entire situation. Yeah. Um, But that being said, I'm very thankful for how it went. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and isn't it funny, like, with births, it's a traumatic experience. I mean, a good experience, but it's traumatic. So we remember these things so vividly, even years and years down the road. Yeah. Like, my mother-in-law still remembers her births. That's and awesome. it's just, you know, but it's one of those things, like, you can ask a woman, doesn't matter how old she is. I mean, if she has a good mind on her, she'll remember yeah. how That's she had so the baby, cool. where she had the baby, what time, most of the time, you know, it's just like, or what time of day. Yeah. And I it's just one of those experiences. <laughs> yeah, right? See, I don't remember the exact time of mine, but I, I remember the time of days. Yeah, because I just don't remember details like that. Well, mine was uh, almost a year ago, so it's a little fresh. (laughs) Yeah, and then I confused mine, because it's like there's three of them, so I'm like, "Ah, I don't know which one that was, (laughs) but it happened. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, so mine, well, I have three different stories I can tell you guys about, but I'll keep them fairly short, just because that's kind of how I storytell. I'm not a a big storyteller, I just kind of get to the facts, so we'll see how this goes. (laughs) But with Eric, so I remember I was going to have an epidural. I was going to have a hospital birth, have an epidural, even though my stepmom had just birthed my sister not too long ago at home. She she had been 43 at the time, and I remember just her talking about how awesome of an experience that was. But even knowing that, in the back of my brain, Lael and I still thought, you know what, we'd feel more comfortable in a hospital the first go-around. So even though I'd never really had a good experience with the midwives or any of the doctors at the hospital, um, that's was, that was just what our comfort level was. The more I heard stories about ladies that once they, once they had C-sections, they couldn't take care of their babies for weeks and weeks. Like they would have to have helpers. Yeah. And for me, I'm a very independent person. I'm like, how do I stop that from happening? I cannot have a C-section. Yep. I just cannot because I don't want help. I don't want someone in my house for six weeks holding my baby. Like, I need to do that, especially as a military wife. We don't live near family. Yeah. So I started researching it, and then I, I found articles that said, you know, once you have epidurals, it raises your C-section rate. So I instantly was like, okay, well, I can't have an epidural. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of just the thought in my brain. And I'm like, well, makes sense. how do I not have an epidural? So someone had mentioned a doula. Yeah. So I said, okay, I guess I'm getting a doula. So I was like 35 weeks at that point. Yeah. And I was like, I just need a doula. And I think <laughs> the first lady that I that I interviewed, she kind of looked at me like, you're 35 weeks pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, but this is what I want to do. And I don't know if she really took me seriously uh, just because I was so you know late in the game. And I was like, I just want to try this. Yeah. I don't really know. I haven't really researched a lot. Yeah. I'm just kind of like winging it. 
Yeah. But I want you to wing it with me, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So she was like, cool. So I never interviewed anyone else. She was a military wife also, and I just I just liked her. That's awesome. So, and she was also an LC, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, awesome. So... I started having, well, we were walking one night. I was like a whale, okay? I gained like 50 to 60 pounds in my first pregnancy. So by the end of it, (laughs) I was a literal whale. Like when we would, can I tell you guys, when we would have sex, I would just like lay on (laughs) my side. Can I tell you guys this? Seriously. And I just feel like, I feel like just like a beach whale, like just have your way with me. And Leia would just laugh. (laughs) But it's true. Like when you're that far into pregnancy, it's just awful. So then I'm just, I need this baby out of me. And I was 37 weeks. I was just humongous. And then Leia was like, let's go take a walk, you know, and it's Vegas. It's hot. Okay, because I had Eric in August. Oh, my gosh. It was so hot. I was miserable. I was constantly complaining. And then all of a sudden, at the end of our walk, I felt just this lump move down. Oh, my gosh. It, like, you felt him lower? Just Yeah, That's just his crazy. head was like all of a sudden, like I had to waddle hardcore. I knew I was already waddling, but hardcore waddling. Oh, my gosh. His head feels like it's just coming out. <laughs> And it was just the weirdest thing, but I was like, no, it can't be. I'm only 37 weeks, yeah. you know? But then the next day... I remember feeling really weird and ha- starting to have contractions. And I'm like, well, I think this is it. I think this is it. I think I'm having... He's like, well, just relax. We have like another 24 hours. Just sleep, you know, rest. You know, because that's what they tell you. Just yeah. rest because you're in early labor. So I go to my bed and I'm timing my contractions, okay? And then I'm realizing they're four minutes apart. Oh and I'm gosh. just like... How can this be? I just started having contractions. I'm like, Lyle, this can't be right. We have to go to the hospital right now. I'm having contractions like every four minutes. And he's like, I don't know. We've never had a baby before. Like he he didn't know either. So basically he's, so we get in the car and we're just panicked. We're like, okay, we're going to the hospital. Did we bring everything? I don't know. And so, and then we call everybody. Well, my parents wanted to come. They were close enough that they could travel cool so we called them and if you want to come you know I'm in labor we're going to the hospital right now and then he's speeding which I'm like okay I'm not having the baby right now like you don't have to speed we're only 30 (laughs) minutes away from the hospital (laughs) but he's speeding and he's like wait do I have time to go through a drive-thru and I'm like oh my gosh dude like get me to the hospital (laughs) so finally we get there they wheelchair me up which was really awkward but when I get there the nurse was saying, well, you're not in our system while I'm having a contraction. And I'm just like staring at her like pale face, like, I don't know, lady, because Leo was parking the car. And I was like, I don't know. You got to find me in your system. And then I remember it was this guy that came up and he's, it's okay, I'll take her. Because he knew the ladies were looking at me all weird and treating me bad. And then he actually stepped up. He was with the male nurse there. He stepped up to find me a room and be nice. And I was like, I'll always remember that guy. Because it was just nice that someone was advocating for me while while my husband was gone, you know? So they found me a room. And then they checked me. And they're like, well, that's weird that you're having contractions so close together. Because you're only four centimeters. So we might send you home. I'm like, you're not sending me home. (laughs) So, because this isn't happening, and I had called my doula, and she had arrived, and um, and then they checked me again, like, an hour later, and they're like, oh, like, you're six now, and I'm like, yeah, I'm staying, this is horrible, 
And so I remember my doula there and she was helping me breathe. Like she was actually really awesome. She was Good. there and she was giving me ice chips and she was doing this and that. And whenever someone would ask me a question, Lael was just like, he's a manly man, you know, but in that moment, he was just like, I don't know. Like, what do we do? Like he Aww. would, if I had, didn't have my doula there, we would have just done whatever the doctors and the nurses wanted. Oh, Cause I yeah. was in such pain and the contractions were so close together. And he was just going to go with whatever they wanted yeah, to do, you yeah. know? So, um, but I had a really awesome nurse. Uh, my doula left the room and I remember looking at my nurse and saying, that's it. She's out of the room. Like, I need the drugs. Yeah. I need them. And I remember the nurse looking at me. She just laughed at me and she's like, you're good. And then walked out of the <gasps> room. <laughs> no. But not in a bad way. Like, she just kind of was like, you're good. Like, you got it. You got it. You know, it wasn't like a bad, I don't remember her saying it in like a mean way. No, or anything no, like that. no. But she was just supporting that this is what I wanted. This was my birth plan. I wanted to do it with that, without an epidural. Yeah. I had the doula. I had my husband. And I think I had time to relax in between contractions, so it was just kind of like cool. she just knew I was in pain in that moment, and she's yeah. like, I'm not going to pressure you into something that you don't you actually want. want to do. Yeah. So when my doula came back, they kept checking me, and the thing with, with the hospital is the lights are always on, there's student nurses all the time coming in and out, it's annoying, yeah. and then they're always doing that fetal monitoring thing, and I'm just like, why is this, why is this happening? I know, <laughs> you know? I know. So it it was irritating, uh, but I remember just once my constri- my contraction started getting really tough, I would have bigger breaks. Interesting. So I would have like this really big contraction, almost ready to push wow. kind of feeling, yeah. but then I would get a minute or two break what? to rest and then reposition myself. Weird. And then I would have this another big contraction. Even at the end? At the end. I'm surprised. Okay. Yeah, so then they were like, you're ready to push. And I was like, well, I don't really feel like I'm ready to push. And my doula was saying, well, you push when you're ready. Yes. But they were telling me that, you know, my con- like I was a 10, like I needed to push. Mm. So I kind of went along with what the doctor was saying because I was just like, I don't know. I've never done this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So I actually ended up pushing for three hours. Oh, my okay? gosh. And so we tried every position in the book to push and finally I found like I wanted to be on all fours yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was like what I was most comfortable with baby was most comfortable with I was just like this is my thing so they helped me prop me up on pillows and yeah so <clears throat> and I had a doctor she was really awesome she actually was there the whole time I was pushing wow. um, and so she was really good she didn't seem like impatient or anything like that and I had never met her before because obviously Same. at Naval you just yeah. meet whoever and then Whoever happens to be there is yep. who births the baby. Yeah. But her name was Dr. Snow, and I'll never forget her because she was just patient, and she was willing to try, like, hey, this position isn't working. Let's try another position. She stayed there for three hours and helped me push, and she never talked about cutting me, doing the episiotomy, yeah. or nothing. And so that was awesome. And so when I finally pushed him out, it was a weird feeling. It was a really weird feeling. Well, his head came out first, so I didn't push him all out in one push like you did yeah. with Roland. It was his head came out, and they were like, well, he's halfway out. Like, you have to do this. And it was like this pressure, like, okay, I have to get him out. <laughs> and it was hard. I think I had to do two pushes to get the rest of his, his body out. But it's weird because you kind of take a break. Yeah. They recommend that. And then with yeah. the contraction, then you push. Yeah. So 
I was kind of nervous just because it kind of seemed like my breaks were longer than normal people. Yeah, that's cool though. So, that's good. But I guess that's good. I mean, for me that I had a break, but not when the baby's sitting right there because they're like, well, you need to push him out. I'm like, but my contraction isn't back yet. <laughs> You're like, so I'm pushing with my contraction. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. That's awesome. Yeah, but once he was out, and then they wanted to hand him to me, and it was really weird because I was on all fours, so they couldn't really (laughs) hand him to me. (laughs) They're, like, handing him underneath me, and I was like, oh, great. And I was kind of like one of those apes, like, holding with, like, (laughs) one hand. And I was like, can we, like, move? Like, I can't do this. So we had already picked out his name. We knew his sex and everything like that. And my parents didn't make it to the birth just because it was so fast. Fast, yeah. But, yeah, it it was really neat. It was really neat. And so, but what ha- what ended up happening was he was born in the five five to six pound range. He was five, I want to say five, eight. Really? Yeah. So he was, tiny. He was small. And so they, they wanted to keep him just longer than all the other babies. They're like, he's fine. He doesn't need to be in the, the NICU, NICU or anything yeah. like that. But we just want to make sure that he's gaining weight. And so that was really hard for us. They wouldn't let us co-sleep. Hmm. so it's like I was exhausted they would yeah. come in and check on us like every two hours and I was like I can't do this like no, why are you no waking way. me up and yeah. waking my baby up every two or three hours this is insane yeah you know and we couldn't sleep we would fall asleep and then what ended up happening was they took him for his car seat test while we slept what the heck is a car seat test well you can't leave the hospital until he's passed the car seat test no? We didn't do that. Oh. Or maybe we did. I don't know. Maybe remember. you just don't remember. Because, yeah, yeah, I feel like all hospitals do that. They just make sure that they breathe fine in the car seat and so that they're not going to die on the way home. Oh, I really don't think they did that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to ask Luke. So they did the car seat test. Well, he failed his first one. So the next day they did the car seat test, but I guess we were sleeping, so they took him. What? Which is scary. So scary. Okay, so they took him. And then we were sleeping, and supposedly they couldn't wake us up. Like, we were so just dead asleep, which, okay, granted, we were exhausted. It was, like, day four or five. They were wow. keeping us at the hospital. Yeah. And we were just exhausted at that point. And uh, so maybe they really couldn't wake us up. Doubtful, though. Doubtful. Doubtful. Yeah. And then they fed him. Okay? Oh. So after that, he wouldn't latch on my breast. And then that's, like, a whole nother ordeal that you guys heard about in our breastfeeding episode. But... Yeah, my hospital experience was, it was good at the beginning. So the birth was okay. I hated all the people walking in and out. Yeah. But then the aftermath, it's like Layla and I just had trauma from it. We were just like, what the heck is this? This is horrible. Yeah. They wouldn't let us out. And then when they go to let us out, they, they put like a little alarm on the baby so you don't steal the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Well, then we go to check out because we're like, okay, see ya. It's been five days. We want to go home now. Yeah. And then we finally get checked out. And then we find out that his little ankle bracelet wasn't even activated. Ever? Ever. So we're like, anyone could have stolen our baby. What? (laughs) We were so upset. Like, this, the whole experience was just, this was a joke, you know? And so when we got pregnant again, we're like, you know what? I did it naturally the first time. It was fine, except for the aftermath. Yeah. Let's do a home birth. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. So that's what we decided to do. We did all the ultrasounds up until 22 weeks mm-hmm. um, with navel. And then after that, you know, I wasn't a high-risk pregnancy, so then I did the rest of my appointments with my midwife. Yeah. And, um, that's the way yeah, to do it. it was – and I loved the midwife appointments because they would take a whole half hour, that's sometimes awesome. more, because yeah. I knew the ladies. Yeah. and. 
they would just talk to me about how I was feeling, doing yeah. this and that. It was so, it's the opposite of what it's the, best. the doctors do at yeah. Naval. It's like they're rushing you in and out. Or even when they're not rushing you in and out. It's you next, get like two minutes. Yeah. But even if they have a few minutes, it's like the the questions that they want to answer are just so different than what a midwife. Like the midwife wants to talk about nutrition. Yeah. And like just different things like that. I know. That I feel like, man, women are really missing out not having a midwife, you I know? know? Yeah. So it was just a different vibe and I liked it a lot. Yeah. Well, and also, sorry, but I just wanted yeah. to say that also hospital midwives and not like home birth midwives are very different. Oh, because I so saw different. only hospital midwives at Naval and then yeah. I saw a home birth midwife. It's a whole different ball game. Oh yeah. So I just wanted yeah. to Yeah. The midwives that, that I saw, the midwives that I saw for my first birth at Naval um, and they knew I was birthing in the hospital. The midwife, the first thing that she said, to, she, the first thing she said to me was, "Oh, why did you choose midwives?" And I, and I said, "You know, I want to have a natural birth. I'm thinking about getting a doula." And um, and I was like, "I just want to have a natural birth. I want to go for it, you know." And I know that midwives are just better at that. And she's like, "Well, we'll do what we can, but you know what? It's not the end of the world if you get an epidural." You're like first thing that the midwife thanks, said to me. Glad you're and I was like, on well, my side. What's the difference then of having a doctor and a midwife if that's the first thing you're gonna say to me? Yeah. And so yeah, with home birth midwives, so different. It's they empower you. They're yeah. like, We are women, hear me roar. Yeah. They know you can do it yeah. and they tell you you can do it and they just support you doing it's it, you awesome. know? Yeah, so I really like the vibe that they were giving out. And again, what we chose and Lael was comfortable with it, you know, at that point. So we spent the money to do that. So with Angela, it was around 38 weeks, and I started feeling weird, like, contractions, kind of. And I was thinking, maybe this is Braxton Hicks, because yeah. it's not very strong. And so I even drove to my meeting at the wellness center. Oh. So I worked. I was an LC at the place yeah. that the midwives and the doulas were yep. now. So now that I had gotten into that the birthing world, I started working in it. Yep. And I was there, and I was sitting there next to one of the midwives, and I was like, I think I'm in labor. <laughs> you know? And everyone stops and looks at me. It's like 30, you know, birth professionals just stare at me, and it's like, you're in labor, babe. Like, you need to go home. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, my last one was really, was really short, so I might be just calling you guys in like an hour yeah and that's exactly what happened so after their meeting my midwife came <laughs> right to our house and it was a really different experience it was wonderful like even my husband talks about it it was calm it was dark in our room we were kind of nervous about what Eric was gonna do but he would come in and out and he wouldn't really interrupt anything yeah and then he would watch his little show on his tablet either in the room or on the couch in the other room yeah and it was really good. Like, it was it was just this peaceful thing. Like, this is where I was meant to birth. And I had the women there that supported me. And they were like, you got this, you know. And they would massage my back. And yeah. everyone in the room was just supporting. I love you know? that. It was so cool. And so with Angela, I think I did have her on my side. Because that you just find a position that works. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, in, like you said, help you with the leg. Someone was holding my leg yeah. up. Yeah. And she came out and, um, and you know, with Angela, she had a unique story. I know some of you guys know it. She didn't breathe too well at first, but we cleared her lungs and then she was fine, you know, and then she started eating and she was alert and all this stuff. And so then we find out later that, you know, she did have something wrong with her lungs and her heart, but we didn't find that out for a while. 
But, you know, the first month of our life, it was really peaceful. We were breastfeeding great. She was gaining weight. You know, we had this just peaceful life from home. I took a shower an hour later. Yeah. And we just had this wonderful start to having two kids. That's awesome. You know, it was just... It was just magical until the month old, and then we find out, oh, you need open-heart surgery, you know? Yeah. So that yeah. kind of opened up a can of worms. But after Angela was better, uh, after her second open-heart surgery, they had said, we don't think she'll need any more for a while. And so Leo and I kind of talked about, should we? Should we not have another kid right now? Like, we, we know we want another one at least. Yeah. And so it was that one time that we were like, let's just do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Because before we were like having protected sex or, you know, I think you we know, talked other about this methods. in a different episode. I'm I think sure. so. Yeah. Yeah. So then we were just like, yeah, let's just, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, you're married. You guys have the heat of the moment. Okay. So, um, yeah. And in that one time, we have Tyler's Tyler. pregnancy. <laughs> and I think that the, my first reaction when I found out was, really? Oh, no. Because <laughs> I was still stressed out about Angela, yeah. but I knew I wanted another baby. And this one we kept a secret, a secret longer. Cool. Did announce it. I said we're not finding out the sex. Cool. So we wanted this one to be a surprise because we had girl stuff, we had boy stuff. Yeah. And we had everything saved up, so we we're like, whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah. And so because Angela was a heart baby, we did pick. We wanted another home birth just because of how great of an experience we had. I still wasn't a high-risk pregnancy. Angela's heart defects weren't genetic. So we just kind of thought, or we didn't know that it was genetic at the time, but we had a pretty good guess with everything that she had. The doctors were saying, we're pretty sure, 95% sure this isn't genetic. This was just a fluke. Yes. So um, (laughs) we still felt comfortable having a home birth. Why are you laughing at me? I just feel like saying, <laughs> oh, you know her heart, it's a fluke. I no. just thought that was a funny way of saying That's what the word that they would use because she had so many things wrong with her that they were like, this never happens. Oh, you know, it's like one in a million, yeah. not even. So, so yeah, so, but with that, we still wanted a home birth and we were, we were going through all the appointments with our midwife. And we had chosen a new midwife this time. Not that I didn't like my old midwife. We loved her, actually. Like, her vibe was so my vibe. But this new midwife was the one that had caught Angela's heart defect. She was the one that had looked at her for just a second and been like, um, I think she's having a hard time breathing. So you know what? Because of the medical side of it, I chose this new midwife. We still loved her. And and Lyle's a mechanic, so he actually fixed her car in exchange for midwife nice. services. <laughs> so like no money down. That's amazing. Um, so it was really awesome. It all worked out that way for us uh, because births are expensive. So expensive. Home births are expensive in theory if you have free births. But births right. in America at a hospital cost tens of thousands of dollars oh, yeah. more than oh, yeah. a home birth. Oh, yeah. So. But just because insurance doesn't cover it, yes. right? We're paying out of pocket and yeah. it's expensive. With Tyler, you know, being... As we had a heart baby, even though we were pretty sure it's not genetic, we still wanted a really good ultrasound done on mm-hmm. him. In Vegas, I was part of like the crunchy group where no one was getting ultrasounds. They were just having babies, you just, know, just really like back crunchy, in the day. really, yeah, really like crunchy people. And so part of me was, I really want to do that. But then the other half of me and Lael was like, <laughs> let's just get it checked out, especially since we've had this, yeah. you know, heart baby. So we did, we went to like the best place to do that in the the Vegas Valley. The doctor didn't like me very much because I was having homebirths. <laughs> but they did a very good job at checking the heart, checking the limbs, checking all this and that. Cool. 
and um, and said like everything's good. Awesome. So green light. Well, not green light for home birth. He would never give me a green light for home birth. <laughs> green birth for the baby. But he's like, baby's good. So with Tyler, it was just this natural thing. I think we went to the store that day. It was around 39 weeks. Oh, well, and with Tyler too, Lael decided to take a hunting trip around 37 weeks. <laughs> Don't laugh, okay? I'm only laughing. I'm like, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. he's like, it's fine, babe. Like, You're like, cool, you get birth. I'll, dri- I'll drive back if you need me to. I'm like, you know how fast my labors go. Oh, yeah, that's terrifying. And he was in Texas and I was in oh, Vegas. Oh, yeah. I'm like, there's no way, even if I go into labor, that you're going to get back in time. Yeah. So guess what? During his hunting trip, like I think the last couple days of his hunting trip, I went into false labor. Oh, no. Because I was so stressed out that I was going to be alone. Not that I was going to be alone. I had supportive women. I understand. But I wanted him there, and I was so anxious about it. Yes. I went into false labor. Oh, my gosh. And oh, my goodness. So then he drives back. But good. Good. It was, you know, it wasn't a couple weeks later that I had him. Yeah. But I was like, I think I just got so anxious that I started having contractions. I was having them really close together. And so my midwife actually had me take a tincture to stop yeah. labor. Yeah. And she says, hopefully this helps if it's just stress. Yeah. You know? So around 39 weeks, which was the longest, I knew he was going to be bigger than the other babies. <laughs> That's kind of how it happened. So Eric crazy. was in the five pounder. Yeah. Angela was still five pounds, but she was bigger than what Eric was when she was born. And then so I knew Tyler, since he had been in there an extra week, Yeah. he was going to be like a six pounder, <laughs> which is like crazy, so right? Tiny. I know. I have a really tiny That's babies. very tiny. Yeah. So, Good but I'm you. huge though. <laughs> but I think Maybe it's just because my torso is small. Small. Same. And, yeah, it could be fluid. It could just be, like, I get fat during my pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> like, so bad. <laughs> well, you look great so, now. Oh, so. thanks. <laughs> so, 39 weeks. So, Lael's home. And I told him, I was like, I think this is it. And then I start timing my contractions, right? Yeah. And I still have it in my notes on my phone, actually. Like, my contraction Aww. times. I looked at it the other day. I'm like, oh, memories. Um, but yeah, my contractions started really quickly and they, they start like three or four minutes apart, like from the beginning. Wow. What the heck? I know. It's crazy. And yeah, it's just intense. So after about an hour or two of that, like I tried to go in the tub and I'm like, nope, not doing this. I just hate tubs. Interesting. I don't know what I it is. I never wanted to do it in a tub. I wanted to do it in a birthing pool. Right. Like the inflatable right. kind. I don't want to be in my bathroom. Right. Ugh. No, but even, even, I didn't even rent one. Okay. I didn't want to spend the money because gotcha. I was just like, just I don't even like being in the water. It's not for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like being at the pool in the ocean, yeah. like, but I want to get washed off after that. Like, definitely don't want to swim in my placenta juice you know like I just feel like I just know that about me yeah I want to be in my bed with my sheets and awesome. that's where I want to be for you, you know yeah, yeah. I so I called my midwife she came over and I think after she got there it was like three or four hours like it wasn't even that but I only pushed for maybe a half hour with him um and I wanted to be on my back and I remember interesting yeah, it's weird, right? So I remember being on my side, and that's kind of my position when I'm having period cramps. I just like being on my side, curled up in a ball. Okay. And so I was doing that at first, and I didn't want to move. But then when she did the fetal monitoring, she said, he doesn't like this position. Like, oh. you need to switch now mm. um, because his heart rate was just really low. So then she made me move, and then I moved to my back. And then she's like, okay, he likes this position. Can you do this position? And I'm like, yeah, I can do this position. So I remember 
just an hour or two in that position. Oh and I didn't want to move. I didn't want to move. That's the thing. I was just like, this is my position. I'm in pain. Just don't touch me. No one touch me. I don't want to move. This is my thing. And everyone just stayed quiet. And I don't know. It was just different than my that other birds. That seems heavy for yeah. a while. Well, and I was propped up a little bit. Oh, okay. A little. But still. But no, that's where I wanted to be. I was, if I move, it hurts. I don't want to yeah, do this. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I just I just stayed in that position. And then wow. Lael helped me put put up my legs to push. Yeah. Um. So kind of like a hospital, like what you would do in the hospital. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And I never thought that that would be something that I would want to do, but... That's what I wanted to do with him. Yeah. So, and then I pushed him out, and since we didn't know what he was, <laughs> I remember just laying with him, and well, it, in yeah. my, on my chest, like, oh my gosh, and I have a picture of that moment, like, ah, like, I yeah. did it, you know, and I think I was just more happy that it was over. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I finally just looked at everybody, and I was like, what is it? You know? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so, and then our midwife announced, oh, it's a boy. Or maybe Lael announced that. And then Lael just starts tearing up, you know, because he, he wanted another boy. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the boys want boys. Boys always want boys. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> once we found out, you know, it was a boy, like, we were all happy. And I kind of figured, I don't know, I always knew it was just a boy. I guess you look back and you're like, I, I think I guessed that, you know. But then what happened was Lael's like, oh, no, he doesn't have five toes on one. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's funny now. Okay. But you're disoriented after birth, right? And so they're checking to make sure baby's okay on my chest. And the first thing he says, oh, no, he doesn't have his five toes. And I'm like, what? You know, like, it just panic. Right? Just especially after Angela. And I think he knew. It's like after Angela wasn't perfect coming out, you know. You were worried. Yeah, I was worried that, like, he didn't have everything. That's so mean. And so I'm like, ah. But then my midwife just started laughing. Like, he's perfect. You know, he has all ten toes and ten (laughs) fingers on the right fingers and feet. Or the right hands and feet. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, we still laugh about that. Well, I don't ever laugh about it, I, I don't be think, because so I'm still like, mad. what the heck, babe? I would be so mad. Because even though yeah. it's funny because it wasn't me, I would be like, right. are you for real? Right. Is, <laughs> yeah. this that, is this the time for jokes? Yeah. I know. No. I know. <laughs> so, and I remember the placenta wouldn't come out, so she was like tugging at it. Well, and I wanted to, which is cool, you know, with Humbers, you can wait until the cord stops Pulsing. Pulsing. Oh, yeah. I did that, too, but I didn't forgot to mention yeah. it. Yeah. So, with Angela's, I think I did, like, 15... No, not even 15 minutes. I think we did, like, 10 minutes with Angela's. Wow. And then he cut the cord. But with Tyler's, I did, like, 30 minutes. Till it was just fully... Just until we were, like, like for sure, like, That's awesome. we're good, like, yeah. no rush, right? Yeah. And then... But my then my placenta wouldn't actually come out of my so I remember having to walk around and her trying to like tug it out and then sitting over the toilet going to the bathroom having her tug that out oh by the way we didn't talk about pooping um we did I totally episode. but I totally pooped during birth oh you mean the birth pooping yeah okay you poop during birth ladies so it's gross. not everybody <laughs> does because honestly when I was pushing I thought I was <laughs> I thought I was peeing all over everybody <laughs> Yeah, I literally you thought I was know. pushing pee on yeah. all the doctors, everybody in the whole room. Right. Um, and I asked Luke after, I'm like, did I pee all over everybody or right. poop? And he's right. like, 
I didn't see anything. And so I don't know if he was like in the moment, so he didn't pay attention. Right. But pretty sure I peed over everybody right. in the whole world. Yeah. No, and I just remember thinking, I think I just pooped myself. Oh, no. With every with every labor, I remember just looking at Leo like, don't look, babe. And he's like, it's okay, babe. Like, I don't mind. I'm like, no, I just pooped. Like, don't look at my poop. And he's just like, I don't care, babe. But I remember that with Tyler, and like no one wanted to tell me. I was like, I just pooped in my. And they're like, no, no big deal. But they're like moving a sheet away, like, because I had one of those pads. You know, one of those? Yeah, the puppy pads. And they're like changing out a puppy pad. I was like, that was poop, wasn't it? You know, and it's like just this pathetic state that I was in because you. Alexa just made me do a spit take, I would just like to mention. Oh, but yeah, my gosh. I mean, you're just in this disoriented state, and you don't really know what's going on down there. And it's just, I didn't really know I was pooping, but I knew I did. <laughs> it was just embarrassing. <laughs> but, I mean, not really, though, at the same time, because you're like, whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm at the like, same can moment. someone please give me a hard time for pooping yeah, during labor? Yeah. Natural labor, come at so, me. So, yeah, so anyway, that just reminded me, because when she was, when we were sitting on the toilet, it reminded me of pooping. But... <laughs> 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 so then she's, like, tugging the placenta. It took a little while for the placenta to come out, but it came out whole, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So, and then the contractions start <clears throat> with just, like, your stomach contract, or your your uterus contracting, and I remember just being on Tylenol, like, all week, just because it was just so painful, and every kid, it gets worse. Yeah. Yeah, but just the experience afterwards, oh my goodness, I, I can't even, I can't even find the words to express, it was just so good. You know, it's like, we're in our bed. We're with our kid, our other kids. They get to come see the baby right after or yeah. during, you know. That's cool. They were, like, in and out while I was laboring and, and birthing. And, they, you know, it was their choice that they wanted to see. And Eric was able to see. I think it was Eric or Angela that was able to see the baby coming out, you know. It was, like, just this really cool thing. Yeah. And then we were all able to just get into our bed. Yeah. And sleep, and I had like a little um, Leo, Leo had made a co sleeper for me right next to my bed, yeah. And so, like, I had a little bit extra room there that I was able to put baby on that side and sleep. Like, I showered and then I slept and then breastfed, cool. and it was just this peaceful thing. And then, whenever the baby needed to be checked, so whenever Tyler needed to be checked, my midwife would come to my house, yeah. And same, it was just so nice. I never best. had to leave my house, it was so peaceful. And I remember, I think I said it in the other episode. I was doing dishes that night just because I felt like this is my life. Like, it was so peaceful that I was like, it's just always been this way. Yeah, that's cool. And so I had him in a sling, and I was doing dishes. That's crazy. And I just, yeah, like, I would, it was just so awesome. So I always just recommend, you know, home births because of that. And even Lael will talk husbands into home births because he's just like, you know what? I've had a hospital birth, had a home birth, and home births are just so much like, he's more active in it. Like, he didn't yeah. want to catch the baby. I didn't really want him to catch the baby. I wanted him up here with me. Yeah. But he had that choice if he wanted to be there. Yeah. And he had the choice of what he wanted to cut the cord with. Like, yeah. our midwife was like, yeah, you can cut it with whatever you want. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> A sword. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think he had brought out his axe or something That's crazy. Hilarious. But, you know, it's just you have more say in everything. And then you just don't leave your house and you just... Yeah, it's just like normal life. Women have been having children for 
always thousands of years you know and why are we making it so impersonal in the hospitals i mean i get it that it's needed sometimes but if you're low risk it's why go anywhere why go anywhere else you know anyway that was my take on my my birds awesome so i know actually with the work that i do as a lactation counselor i see a lot of women right after birth and most of the time they don't have these happy stories or they don't have memory yeah. good memories to look back on either the doctor wasn't listening to them or they didn't prepare a birth plan or things just didn't go the way that they wanted it to and so as we're talking about this we just want to encourage everyone to talk about their birth stories whether you liked it or not i feel like it's a healing time to just talk about it with somebody that will listen to you and cry with you even, yeah. you know, if it's, and that's just part of the healing process is talking about it. Like it didn't go the way that I wanted it to, or yes, it went the way that I wanted it to, whatever it is, we want to talk about our births and we should do that. And we I need to powwow about it. That if you had a negative experience, another awesome thing about you being willing to share it is that you're helping to educate others and bring awareness to things that they have the power to change in their experience so if something happened to you or was done to you or you felt like you didn't have a say and you wish you would have handled it differently empower others by sharing that and make them aware that they do have the voice to say no to things to decide what is done to your body at the end of the day you go to the hospital and you are paying those people who were there oh yeah they're hired work I know it's intimidating to be around doctors and ever feel like you could ever say, "Mm, I don't feel comfortable with that. Maybe I don't want to do that. Um, But you're allowed. You're totally allowed to do that. So obviously there's some things they do in hospitals because they actually have to legally. Mm -hmm. And I totally respect that. But I'm just saying that I've heard so many heartbreaking stories of people, you know, just terrible things happening so much to where people have PTSD mm-hmm. or that they're trying to sue their hospitals or their doctors because of just the way they were treated, and um, that's not okay. Yeah. So and if you didn't like your first birth, I mean, hopefully, listening to this, you know that there's another way. Yeah. There's different doctors out there. There's good yeah. care. Yep. So there's always gotta look the possibility of a better experience. Don't oh, yeah. let uh, one experience discourage you from ever trying again if you do want to, but definitely right. do the research and realize that you can make the decision on what type of birth you want to have. Right. And you have the power to just kind of mold that whole experience for yourself. Yeah. Because like we said earlier, it's going to be something that you look back on Forever. Yeah. So if you have a, a chance to, you know, write down a, a birth plan and, and pick the doctors that you want, research a little bit more, then you got to do it. Yeah, definitely. So thanks for listening. And if you want to follow us, go ahead and look us up at Moms Out Loud on every platform. And you can also email us if you have any questions or comments. We have an email at momsoutloudpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me personally at Rachel Player Photography on all the things. All the things. And you can follow me at A Rockwell Estate on 
all of the things. <laughs> yeah. Well, we hope you guys um, enjoyed this and hopefully, okay. <laughs> and hopefully you got something out of it. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Bye.